Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Amazing, the official podcast of Metsmerized Online. We have a very special guest with us today, uh, New York Mets beat writer for Newsday, uh, Mr. Tim Healy. How's it going, buddy? I'm excellent, thanks. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Knocked my uh, my nine to five, well, my seven to three out uh, earlier earlier today and there you go. Getting, in, getting into our baseball coverage. So here we go. Uh, lots of man, lots of managerial buzz surrounding the team these days. Um, Wednesday afternoon, Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic confirmed that um, the Mets are going to have Carlos Beltran in for an interview. Mike Bell, who is David Bell's, um, he's the manager of the Reds. His brother in, and of course the guy who has to be the clubhouse leader, uh, Joe Girardi, uh, also scheduled to come in. Um, Tim, who do you feel is the, uh, I guess the uh, the front runner here? You know, it's hard to say because it's it's very fluid, as you mentioned, all those names starting to leak out today. But to me, the favorite has to be Joe Girardi, uh, you know, a guy who is an experienced manager, obviously, has managed in the NL as well with the Marlins way back when in 2006 and knows New York, gets New York. Um, to me, he would be an excellent choice. And uh, like you said, the the leader in the clubhouse, so to speak. Uh, but you know, bro, the, the way Brody Van Wagen works is he likes to leave no stone unturned. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if a, an unexpected name or two popped up, probably along the lines of Mike Bell. That was one I did not expect to see. Um, if other names pop up throughout this process. Oh, I agree. I think, um, I think Beltran's going to get, um, a decent look. Not only just because I guess there's some buzz and intrigue to him. Um, most of the fan base uh, really just adored him while he was here. Uh, I guess, it, at least in my opinion, it's going to come down to whether the intrigue around Beltran outweighs the experience that Girardi brings, whether Beltran's relatability to a younger clubhouse um, would come into play. And, you know, Mickey's not too much older than, than Beltran. I believe he's only a couple of years older. And, you know, that whole relatability thing, um, I guess, of course, inside the clubhouse walls, it's much, you know, from the outside looking in, we don't know how much of that uh, came into play. But, you know, do you feel that Beltran is suited to be an MLB manager and this window might be, a, uh, I guess, an opportune time to for him to step into that game? Sure. Well, I, I don't know Carlos Beltran well myself personally. I, you know, I never covered him when he was he was a player. I just know what those around the game and in the game think of him. And he is reputed to be a, you know, potential future manager if he wants to be. And he's been pretty clear, especially in the past few days, that, yes, he wants to be um, a manager. It might be this off. It might be in a future off season. But uh, the, the, the Mets job is appealing to him. I think, like you said, he's he's not that far removed from the game. He's a pretty young former player, and that relatability goes a long way, especially for a guy who is bilingual and can kind of, you know, cover all corners of the clubhouse, be able to communicate with, um, you know, every player. And this isn't just for the Mets, but just for any given team that would be interested in Carlos Beltran, um, you know, Carlos Beltran seems to check a lot of boxes, albeit the experience not being one of them. Oh, yeah. And um, I guess with the, at least in my mind, with the uh, front office that Brody set up as far as the um, the relaying of information, um, 
I guess, taking analytics into higher regard, uh, the usage of Luis Rojas as the uh, quality control coach to kind of, you know, pass along that information. Um, I'm curious to see, I guess, <laughs> whoever the Mets decide to stick in this job um, or whoever decides to take it, I should say, uh, I guess how that's going to be applied. I guess Mickey Callaway openly said that he only used it a, a certain uh, percentage of the time. I think it was 85. Um, you have to wonder whether Beltran is more of a, a feel guy or a, or a stats guy or if the team would surround him. Um, we, we know Girardi, you know, he took some of that stuff into account from Brian Cashman in New York, um, uh, I guess reportedly. Uh, but there were some, some, some headbutting. There was some headbutting there. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Uh, Tony LaRusa, a Hall of Fame manager. Um, I guess he came out publicly and, you know, he stated this is, this is going to be, uh, an attractive job to a potential candidate. Do you think with the progress that the Mets made this year, um, the core that's in place, the pitching that's still here, do you think that, you know, that's going to draw, I guess, more names into the hat? Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is an attractive job. You can say that. Pretty, pretty objectively, it should be among all the openings available right now, one of the most attractive given not only, not only the improvement they made from 2018 to 2019, but, uh, kind of the core that's in place from DeGrom and the rotation to Pete Alonso and all of the very good, very team controllable hitters the Mets have. Uh, it, it is attractive. I, I had one manager tell me, and he has a job, so, you know, he's not looking. But he said that if he was unemployed, if he was looking for another managerial job, the Mets absolutely would have been something he was interested in. Uh, the wild card, of course, is the Will Ponds and Brody Van Wagenen's involvement. And that, now for the front office to be closely involved with uh, day-to-day managerial stuff, that's not unusual these days. Collaboration is the buzzword Brody uses, but that's – frankly, pretty standard. Um, the wild card is the Will Ponds and not only uh, how they're perceived from by those outside of the organization, but what the reality is once you take the job. And part of this interview process, the way I look at it, is, you know, not, do the Mets like Joe Girardi? Yes, that's a, that's a question the Mets need to figure out. But does Joe Girardi like the Mets? Do the Mets like Carlos Beltran as a would-be rookie manager? And does Carlos Beltran have interest in coming back to the Mets and working for the Wolpons again? Um, with Girardi and Beltran in particular, you know, just to focus on two of the names that are going to interview, uh, these are guys who, if they wanted to, have other opportunities. Girardi reportedly is interviewing with the Cubs this week. Uh, Beltron is highly regarded in the game and whether it's right now or in future years, surely he'll be able to get a manager, manager job when he wants it. So for those two guys, it's a matter of picking their spots and deciding which job is attractive enough and good enough for them to take the leap. Um, so as much as the Mets are interviewing candidates, the candidates are interviewing the Mets as well. Oh, definitely. And I think, um, I guess, like like we mentioned, the core that's in place, um, you know, really from from top to bottom. I mean, there's holes, and Brody's going to have to address those this off season. But um, considering the strides that guys like Ahmed Rosario took this year, JD Davis took this year, um, you know, a relatively like we just said, cheap core. Do you feel the Will Ponds are going to 
um, I guess show a an extended commitment to to winning, considering that maybe this team is closer than everybody thought they were. I mean, I mean, like I just said, Brady has uh, Brody has uh, he's got certainly areas of uh, to target as far as improvement. Um, payroll's always been a, an issue, uh, especially with this owner group uh, ownership group. You have to wonder whether, um, I guess a renewed sense of, of commitment to winning might be down the turnpike. Yeah. Brody hasn't talked really at all about his offseason plans outside the managerial opening. So as far as I'm concerned, the Mets track record with the payroll thing is long enough at this point that I wouldn't expect the Mets to spend until they, you know, enter, you know, competing for those best free agents until they actually do it. You know, when was the last time they signed a big time free agent? It might've been Carlos Beltran, you know, perfect, you know, fittingly enough. Um, And that was going on a decade and a half ago and two general managers ago. Um, So yes, the Mets have obvious areas of need, most notably the bullpen. They're going to need another starting pitcher. Um, so you would like them to be on Garrett Cole. Sure. Uh, you know, I, any team should want to add Garrett Cole. That said, I wouldn't expect the Mets to actually be serious, uh, contenders there for him. Um, so do they, do they, will they make an extended commitment to winning? Uh, I, I don't really know what that means or looks like, but the Mets have no shortage of holes to fill, especially on the pitching side. And uh, they're probably going to have to get creative when it comes to trying to fill those. Well, yeah, and I guess that brings me into my next question. Guys like Dom Smith and J.D. Davis who um, show that they can play at this level, who might not have an everyday spot. I guess Dom Smith uh, more to a, to a more extent than, than J.D. Davis. I think J.D. Davis has played, played his way into a um, – an everyday role in some capacity, whether it's in multiple positions. Um, he's got a whole off season to work, to work on his play in the outfield and the third base. Um, being able to plug him into different spots certainly is a, is a plus for this roster. Dom Smith is a, it's a tricky situation. He's a former first round pick. He's finally coming into his own. Um, do you see him as versatile enough to occupy a Mets, a Mets bench spot in 2020? I don't see him as versatile enough uh, to do that. He was He's good at first base. He was good enough in left field to start for there for some of the year. But the best-case scenario for Dom Smith and the Mets is, is a trade. Um, he should be able to play first base. He's shown that he's a good hitter. Um, I, when you start to look around the league and you think, okay, who might need a first baseman? What might Dom Smith's market be like? Uh, I'm not sure there are a ton of teams that necessarily need that right now. Um, but you're right in that with, as far as JD Davis and Dom Smith go, Dom Smith especially seems to have no spot on this Mets roster as it exists now. Um, so to me, a trade there is not only inevitable, but the best case scenario for both parties. Um, JD Davis is not quite squeezed into that fate the way I see it. Uh, he'd be the everyday left fielder if the season started tomorrow. Uh, but it, the, the big question with JD Davis is what do the Mets think about center field? Are they comfortable enough going in with Brandon Nimmo as their everyday center fielder or would they rather acquire an actual center fielder who's 
it would be a big plus defensively. And then in that case, it would squeeze, you know, thrust further into question J.D. Davis's role. Um, so there's a lot to be decided there, um, particularly on the J.D. Davis front. But to me, J.D. Davis's fate with the Mets is tied directly to Nimmo in the center field situation just by, uh, you know, the way that the dominoes would fall from there. Oh, sure. And I think, yeah, like, like you said, I mean, there's, you have to get from point A to point B as far as the, um, the, this off season. But, the, you know, there's a, uh, a certain, I guess, journey or, or path they have to take because there's decisions that are going to affect next decisions. So. Sure, um, sure. There, there's a lot to work out there. Uh, do you see the Mets, I, I guess, being in on, on bringing Zach Wheeler back? Do you think that he priced himself out uh, as far as the Mets? Um, payroll or expenses, uh, I should say, um, uh, financial restraints allow. Do you think that he's a, he's most certainly a goner? I mean, bringing him back and making this a a similar rotation to the one that that dominated in the second half this past season, uh, it might be a you know could be a plus if they bolster up that bullpen. But you know he might be a he might be a goner. I see him pegged for Houston in my mind. Sure. He is probably a goner in my mind, but not definitely a goner. Uh, the question to me is if and when the Mets make Wheeler a qualifying offer, that one-year approximately $18 million contract offer, uh, what does Wheeler do with that? We saw last offseason how guys with qualifying offers like Kimbrell and Keuchel, that, that totally sagged their market. Um, what, what would Zach Wheeler's market look like if he has, if and when he has that qualifying offer attached to him? Uh, I, I'm not sure. And I'm, I'm sure he and his agents are hard at work at figuring out what that would look like. Um, but to me, Zach Wheeler accepting the qualifying offer from the Mets is well within the realm of possibility. Um, but there's a lot to be decided there, especially on Wheeler's end and how badly he wants to test the open market this offseason. Sure. I mean, he put together a very nice stretch during this uh, this past season. Um, you have to wonder whether that was enough to put him over the hump as far as drawing big, I guess, big money deals. Um, you know, letting it ride and, I guess, betting on himself and accepting, which should be, I guess we're both in agreement there. The Mets should definitely be extending a qualifying offer. Absolutely. Um, you know, it, uh, just to echo your sentiments, I believe that's going to be a, um, a, a well thought out <laughs> decision on Zach Wheeler and his, his agent's part. But um, yeah, the Mets have to get that. I guess get kick that kickstart that with a uh, uh, with a qualifying offer. But we should all probably expect that. So um, last question. Postseason is in full swing. Uh, mm-hmm. Tim, who, who are your World Series champs as we stand? And again, we're recording this before uh, both Game Fives on Wednesday. So. Yeah. It, it, that's a bold move to make a <laughs> with, with two teams getting eliminated tonight. <laughs> My, I'll, I'll stick with what I thought from the start of the postseason that it's probably going to be Dodgers Astros. Um, that's my likely World Series pick, and I think of those two teams, the Astros are better. Um, that said, I would not have guessed either team getting taken to a game five in the division series. So, um, you know, I, I have to stick to my, stick to my guess and say Dodgers Astros, but, uh, 
what's great about baseball is what we're seeing again right now, and that's a it's a total crapshoot. <laughs> oh yeah, you get you know get into the dance and see what happens. But boy, those the Tampa Bay Rays are a very fun team to watch. Yeah, Heim Bloom's Tampa Bay Bay Rays. Don't forget. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I think he was uh, he was probably smart to. To avoid the Mets, but that's another discussion for another day. Uh, Tim, again, thank you so much for coming on. Um, do you have anything coming out? Any features you'd like to plug? Uh, no features I'd like to plug, but, uh, anybody who wants to stay, uh, stay updated can follow me on Twitter at Timby Healy and, uh, hope to have some good stuff coming soon. Excellent, man. We look forward to it. And, uh, again, thank you so much for coming on. Big shout to Michelle from MMO for facilitating this. Uh, And uh, hopefully do it again soon, man. Thank you. You got it. Thank you.